Welcome everyone to the L7C. Today we are going to be talking about the Ohio State football Buckeyes. And with me today, we have our Dragon Ball expert, who's actually very knowledgeable in college football, Mitchell Oso. And then we also have the captain, our cap, Byron Mitchell. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Can't complain. It's been a relaxing but busy Saturday. Doing pretty good myself, uh, you know, enjoying the weekend as much as anyone else uh, can and always looking forward to the next weekend. Uh, more specifically, though, I'm waiting for the October 24th weekend when we can actually watch uh, Big Ten uh, college football, finally. Fingers crossed that nothing else changes. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. And as Mitch alluded to that October 24th weekend is when the Ohio State Buckeyes will be able to play football again. And I would say that there's a couple of things that we all have in common within our friend group, but Ohio State football is probably one of the top three biggest things with that and probably the MCU movies. So just a quick thing before we get into it, Mitch, what got you liking the Buckeyes? Was it your dad or how did you grow up into like a Buckeye fan? Well, I mean, just being from Ohio, you know, you're surrounded by Buckeyes. So your friends are Buckeyes growing up. Your family's Buckeyes, Buckeye fans growing up. My dad, he is an alum of Ohio State, graduated in class of 84. So there's a little connection there. And then through my dad, both purchasing tickets on the side or through his ad agency at work, I've been to many, 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 many football games. Even prior to college, I would suspect that he would at least try to take me between like two to like five a year because that's how much he loved it. And he drug me along. And that's that's how my roots kind of got embedded with Ohio State. And then, like I said, all of all of our friends were Buckeye fans. So it only solidifies that fandom a little bit more. Byron, how about you? What got you into liking the Buckeyes? So my story is a little different because I was born in Chicago. Um, we moved to Toledo when I was seven. Mm-hmm. So I remember it was the first weekend of the Ohio State-Michigan game. And like all of my classmates were like, who are you rooting for, Ohio State or Michigan? I was like, well, obviously Ohio State because I live in Ohio. And so that's how my love for Ohio State started because a random question of who you're rooting for between Ohio State and Michigan. Byron, <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes it makes me wonder why were you not, you know, one of the original Big Ten uh, members, you know, fans of the University of Chicago, I believe it was, was one of the very first members of the Big Ten before they dropped out, like, you know, before World War II. <laughs> Maybe that's actually how you got in. Maybe you were secretly just creeping into the Big Ten through them, and then you just decide to jump ship onto the greatest team in the Big Ten with Ohio Maybe. State. Yeah. What a hell of a backstory. <laughs> yep, that would be funny. But that's way too, that's shooting for the stars on that one. So I like your uh, your answers way more than <laughs> so. Yeah, mine's kind of similar to Mitch's, actually, because my father is also a alumni of Ohio State. He got his master's and PhD from there, and my mom was working at the Bob Evans near the campus. So a lot of OSU players would come in. She would talk to them. Uh, Now thinking about it, it might've been illegal because she would get autographs. She wouldn't sell them. She would just bring them to us as kids. Like I remember having Troy Smith's autographs autograph on a piece of like printer paper and hanging it up in my wall. Wow. But now thinking back being older, I was like, Ooh, I hope they weren't breaking any NCAA rules because you know how the NCAA is. NCAA is interesting, and we'll probably hop into discussing them in this podcast, but who knows? Who really knows what they are in charge of, what they deal with, and what power they actually right. have? Yeah. It, it's it's crazy, because I thought they were in control of everything in college, but this pandemic has shown that they're really not in control of anything. It, it, I, I don't understand. Before we actually get into, like, you know, the Big mm-hmm. Ten and the whole story about them starting the season again, canceling the season, coming back. Before we even get into that, I like to like discuss like why is the NCAA why do they have no power like in in the most serious of circumstances? 
how is it that the NCAA can't tell every conference they're not playing, but they can go and tell every team that a player is suspended for, you know, accepting money on the side for their likeness or whatever it might be. You can tell a team that a, a player can't play, but you can't tell conferences they need to A, play football, or B, not play football. It's mind-boggling that there's no consistency even on that. Yeah, that was one of my biggest things. I remember bringing up in one of our chats that I think through the cancel, like how some of the conferences canceled and like some chose to play, I think it made the NCAA as a whole look very weak because they didn't step in, like you said, and say, oh, well, everyone has to play or since these conferences canceled, no one gets to play the season. So it was like some fans got to enjoy football and then some fans were just like, well, sorry about your luck. Your conference canceled. But hey, everyone here is Clemson playing for the first game. So I think it just made the NCAA look weak as a whole. And I think this pandemic could have done the complete opposite. It could have made it look super strong because when everyone was saying, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? That the NCAA came down with like that leading, governing voice like, hey, we're going to wait a bit and then we're going to play. Except they just sat back and just let everyone do it by conference. Like, no, we don't care. You do what you want to do. All the NCAA said is that, oh, we're having March Madness this year. That ain't happening again. I think if this pandemic occurred when the BCS era was around, we probably would have seen more of a stronger voice because in football, as we all know, the playoff committee is is completely separate and the college football playoff is completely separate to the NCAA. Right. So they, they do their own thing. These teams can technically, I guess, schedule whoever they want and then the playoff co- committee could make their own like league and then determine a national champion at the end of the year without any sort of interference supervision from the NCAA. So if it was if if this was like 2013, I think the NCAA could have flexed more, but I mean they did they didn't even flex at all in 2020. So I uh, I'm with you Martin. They 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 themselves missed out on a great opportunity to actually make their name good uh-huh. because a lot of people will say over years they haven't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, their name just gets dragged through the mud, obviously with the paying of players, that debate's still going, but now some people are going to be able to make money off their likenesses and just suspending people for dumb reasons. They needed some good press and they failed to get some good press on that. Byron, do you have anything else you want to say about the NCAA before we dive into Ohio State and the craziness we've gone through for the past month and a half? I just hope that the NCAA learns something from this, and then like if this does ever happen again, hopefully it won't, that they'll have a more of a strong standing like and just make a concrete decision for the best of the NCAA. Right, I agree. And we'll probably circle back around the NCAA near the end. Probably a, if you could change one thing about the NCAA, what would that be? So just keep that question in mind before we get to the end okay. of the episode. So let's talk about pandemic at Ohio State. Uh, when the pandemic started in March, uh, well, we all thought it was only going to be a couple months. We were going to get football. Everything was going to be good. Then, as obvious, we just didn't do well with the pandemic in the United States. And we were all nervous that football might get canceled. We're approaching summer and we're like, okay, we're going to have football. We're not. Everyone's meeting. And then on August 5th, the Big Ten announced the 10-game regular schedule. And we're like, okay. It was revised. Uh, it was only conference only, so we weren't, we weren't going to Oregon. Oregon wasn't coming here, vice versa. And we were supposed to start September 3rd, and the final matchup would have been November 21st, and the Big Ten Championship would have been December 5th. So we're like, that's pretty similar to what we're already used to with the Big Ten Championship and the final game. And this was August 5th. And we were like one of the first people to unveil the schedule. And we were ahead of the curve. We thought things were good. Then 
We went to August 11th, six days later, and the Big Ten presidents and chancellors vote to postpone all fall sports, including football. And we know they said they were going to postpone it to 2021, the winter, the spring, which means there would have been two football seasons in 2021. So it's basically saying we're going to cancel it. So I'm going to shoot it to Byron first. When we went from a schedule to now canceled, what was going through your mind? My initial reaction was confused and like the whole situation was odd. Like, why would you unveil a schedule if you're just going to vote, what, six days later to cancel it? Mm -hmm. So I think they should have voted to see if they're going to have football or not. And then, like, once they decide to put out the schedule or not, I think they did it in the wrong order. It was just, like I said, confusing and weird and crazy time. Mitch, what did you think from that six-day thing to having a season to not having a season? The main thing I was thinking about, six days. Like, what information could you have been given in six days that would have made you backtrack on everything? It wasn't like the pandemic had just started. You know, it wasn't like the day before the pandemic started and people were like, oh, it's okay. Let's just have football. And then six days later, the CDC or the WHO comes out and says, this is serious. And then they cancel it. You know, we knew the pandemic for August is the eighth month for five months. We knew what this pandemic was, you know, about. And so I don't, I, at that point on august 11th i am like what news were you given in six days that completely retracted everything that you did right i think my initial thing was what the heck because we were the first to first of the power five to really cancel and the pac 12 followed along suit and i think my initial thing after that was okay is that college football canceled is everyone canceling but we were the only two. SEC, Big 12, ACC went the complete opposite of us and said, oh, no, we're having football. We're just going to postpone it a bit, but we are going to have football in the fall. And I was thinking that was going to make us look like a bunch of idiots. And then two days later, we're having coaches like Scott Frost talking about, we'll find a way to play elsewhere. And I know we were sharing stuff in our text about like oh ohio state needs to go play in the sec for like uh -huh. one year and i thought that was bonkers but there was some like a push for oh the sec would love to have ohio state for one year when you guys saw that rumor i guess starting with mitch what did you think it was kind of mind-boggling to think that you know these football teams could just jump ship and go and play potentially in other conferences you know like i always thought that when you joined a conference it was kind of like solidified like you had to follow suit with what they were doing and to think that nebraska was you know going to go back to mm -hmm. the big 12 you know go go back to your your ex-girlfriend and be like I, I don't like the situation i'm in like it just it, it it was it was a circus it was a circus and i can't I can't imagine what it would be like if that's actually what happened. Byron, what would you think about from that 11th to canceling to the 13th people saying, if they don't open up, we're going to a different conference. We'll find a way. I mean, I was for it because I wanted to see Ohio State play, especially Justin Fields would probably be his last year. So I wanted him to get a chance to, you know, play the season, fight for a national championship. So even though it would have been like crazy and like the ramifications of us jumping ship to a different conference, mainly like the SEC or the ACC would have been huge. I was for it. Cause I would, like I said, I just wanted to see football. I think for me, I'm with you with the seeing football, but I was really nervous, even though it was just like a rumor thing. I was nervous. If it would have actually happened, I don't think we're going back to the big 10. Like Mitchell made the great analogy about the ex-girlfriend. Like if I say went to the SEC for a year, and then try to come back to the Big Ten, like with the Big Ten. I mean, we're the biggest moneymaker. Would they have let us come back? But then again, we would have had, I guess, more, even more national exposure, having the ability to play Alabama, LSU on a yearly basis. 
So if we left, I don't think we were coming back. I do think that if Nebraska left, or especially if Ohio State left, it would have completely dismantled um, all of these conferences, yeah. you know, because it would be sort of like LeBron going to Miami, and then all the superstars are then colliding with him to join forces to win a title. But I think you would then start getting, you know, when when the conferences were realigning, like, almost, what, 10 years ago, something like that, and everybody was talking about super conferences and all those big names. If Nebraska and Ohio State went elsewhere, even for one season, that idea would have skyrocketed. You would have seen Alabama probably be in a conference with maybe like USC, and it would have been like an East Coast, West Coast kind of thing, and all the mega, the great like football conference teams would be they'd be clashing against each other instead of puny um, Rutgers or uh, Vanderbilt or, you know, whoever it might be. I think we would have seen a huge shift in college football if that route was taken. And then I want to jump to from people talking about leaving the conference to then on August 19th, uh, Kevin Warren, who Big Ten commissioner, the new one, because we used to have Jim Delaney, I believe. And he said publicly that we're not changing this decision. We cited medical stuff, uh, too many health risks. And they said, we are not going to change the decision. Then after August 19th, he disappeared. Like, he didn't say anything in the media. The trending hashtag, fire Kevin Warren, was really picking up steam. And I guess... As a leader, I felt like he should have been out there more just explaining why they canceled except hiding and then having all these parents showing up to Big Ten headquarters protesting. Um, Nebraska play, uh, parents, OSU parents, Iowa parents all protesting. So as me personally, as a leader, I felt like he should have been out there more instead of hiding. Byron, what did you think of Kevin Warren's leadership during this and seeing that fire Kevin Warren hashtag? I didn't think he had either leadership at all just like the ncaa i mean yes he did make that one public appearance but like you say he disappeared after that with everything that's going on i think he needed to step up as a leader and like you said explain himself i think it just made him look weak as well um when i first saw the hashtag fire kevin warren I was like i didn't i wasn't like behind it then he a statement came out. I was like, oh, well, his son is playing football, but then, like, the Big Ten's not playing football. So why does your son get to play football, but the Big Ten doesn't get to play football? So then, after I saw that, I was like, yeah. Hashtag fire Kevin Warren. So then I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's get him out of there. <laughs> Mitch, what did you think of Kevin Warren during this? Like, we talked about the NCAA looking bad, but what about the Big Ten commissioner? I think for every... I believe that with a leader... The number one trait that you have to have is you have to be able to communicate. And it it was just it was just strange that he would first come out and basically be like, Hey, we're you you know, we're having this then we're not having a season. Then he comes back and he doubles down. I have all of these people telling me medically we shouldn't be doing this. And then he disappears. And like what you said, you have parents that are at Big Ten headquarters protesting, you have politicians that are having open discussions regarding this. You have eight Nebraska players sue the conference yep, and still haven't heard from him. President Trump gives them a call and it just continues on. And everyone else is talking about how they're not getting any communication from him, from the office, like coaches were saying that. And it's just, especially for your first year, okay, I get it. The pandemic is the first of its kind for us and and you're new to the job but you got to do way better way better than that because people are depending on you this, this is people's people who work in the stadiums people who work at the universities these the athletes themselves this if they're not playing but those people in the ACC are playing their draft stocks are getting 
boosted. So then that's millions of dollars for whoever gets picked first in the draft versus if you're having to get pushed down to the third round because no one has seen you play in over a year. It, it's, it's bad. It's not fair. And just bad, bad leadership. Really is. And you just glossed over the two biggest points that we're about to hit from this August at the end of August. On August 27th, we see eight Nebraska football players actually sue the Big Ten Conference. And that's something I've never really seen like to this magnitude that they sued them because of the league's postponement of the fall football season and to award damages. I don't know what damages they would have gotten in return, maybe the season back. But they allege that the Big Ten was in breach of contract for not following its governing documents and that the athletes had the right to expect the Big Ten to follow those documents and all other rules. And that happened on the 27th. And we're just like, oh, the Big Ten's getting sued by eight Nebraska football players. Are more football players going to hop into this thing? And we don't even get a chance to really digest that because on September 1st, I think one of the biggest things happened was president trump president donald trump called evan warren um and urging him to have the football season and regardless of what you think of uh president trump this isn't a political podcast by any means we're just a mom and pop shop podcast but when you have the president calling you to have your season that's pretty freaking wild. Byron, when you first heard that the president called our Big Ten commissioner to be like, hey, you guys need to have a season in the fall. How can we help? What did you think? I thought it was crazy because you don't see the president calling the Pac-12. You didn't see the president calling the MAC conference. They also canceled their season. So like you said, to have the president call you is pretty freaking huge. So I guess it did help because we eventually got a season, mm-hmm. but it's just, it was a, just it's such a weird situation that I wasn't expecting the president of the United States to call Kevin Warren, the president of the big 10 and say, Hey bro, you've <laughs> got to play football. <laughs> Mitch, what did you think when you first saw that? Did you think it was just a joke or were you like, Oh, this really happened? Without diving so far into the political rabbit hole, I said to myself, if it was 2019 or 2021 and not in an election year, would I have seen this exact same thing happen? You know what I mean? Because, yeah, the, the Midwest, the Midwestern states are very important in a election year and getting football back under your belt for a resume, whether we think that's a legit reason to vote for anybody or not. Some people... They might take that and just run with it and vote accordingly. So first thing I thought whenever I heard that was, I wish it was 2019 or 2021. And would this have happened still? Right. I I just thought it was crazy that the president of the United States of America has taken time out of his end. And probably wasn't even him, probably a representative. But still, it's the president calling the Big Ten to be like, hey, you guys need to have football. But he wasn't even the first politician to get involved because you just go back to like now September 8th, you have politicians from Michigan, Iowa, Minnesota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin signing a letter asking the conference to reconsider not playing in the fall. And I guess me personally, I was getting a little nervous that the football I've watched since I was little, Ohio State, all that was getting a little too political for my liking. Too many political people are starting to get involved. Byron, what did you think when you saw more politicians asking for the Big Ten to reconsider their decision? I mean, I was... I don't think sports should be, like... I don't want to say not political, but it's just strange that all these politicians are calling in for a conference to play football. You just see that with the Pac-12. Like, you can see any of their, like, politicians calling in. I just want to know what makes the Big Ten so special that everyone's calling in to get us to play football. Is it because we were the first Power Five conference to cancel their season? I just want to know, like, what about us is so special for politicians from all the uh, 
Big Ten states to call in to President Warren? I think Mitch hit on the importance on his last thing about just because we're in the Midwest and we have a lot of swing states in the Midwest. Mitch, did you think with these other politicians that had something to do with it or they just wanted to watch us play football? Yeah, I really do believe that there was a political aspect on it. If this was not an election year, I don't believe some of these politicians, especially the ones that are on like a hot seat for re-election, would even be like this vocal about getting the Big Ten to play football. And I mean, I remember the last time uh, of the election. I I forget when I, I learned this, but for example, no Republican has won the presidency without winning Ohio. So if you just want to deal with, you know, streaks, a Republican would need to win Ohio to win the presidency. And that's just, that's just history. That's not like an opinion piece. So if you believe in that kind of stuff, then you're going to try to appeal to those voters in Ohio as much as you can. And the people in the South, they love football, you know, and the SEC, they didn't even bother messing with their football schedule all too much. They knew that they were going to play. They appealed to everybody there. And Ohio State fans are just as into their football as people in the SEC, South in general, or Texas, wherever it might be. So it does not surprise me that we have politicians that are trying to appeal to voters one way or another. And I really do believe that politics for this election year are the reason why we're about to gear up to play football. And then you had more things, obviously, between the politicians. You had Ryan Day issuing a statement about his displeasure with the decision. You always had People marching, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, they wanted to play. They marched uh, Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska. And then even more than Nebraska, Attorney General Doug Peterson was questioning the reality of the postponement. He wrote a letter to Warren, too. It's crazy how Warren was getting letters from everyone in the world, and it took the president for him to call him that he actually talked to somebody. But after the president, Warren went back to his little hole wherever he's living talking about the league as it operating compliance with the Nebraskan law and requesting all documents and information pertaining to the decision to postpone be public. So I was like, is the attorney general subpoenaing the whole Big Ten conference? Like, this is becoming next level stuff. And then two days later, presidents and chancellors meet to review the latest medical information. This goes to what you said, Mitch, earlier what the heck changed medically? Like you already knew what the pandemic is, but now you're meeting to review the latest medical information. When that meeting happened, did you have hope, Mitch, that we were potentially going to be playing in the fall? Uh, I did, but I also believe that, um, when was that again? That what was, was that September date? September 13th, where the president answered. 13th. The NFL had just, I think, started week one or week they were about to enter week two, I believe. And, uh, and I, I, I would imagine that they saw that if the NFL can do it, they probably thought themselves that they could do it. So I, I don't know what they could have seen on the medical charts or the analysis for this pandemic and read something and been like, Oh, okay. We can do a 180 again to get the season started. Whoever is running that that committee, that department for the Big Ten, they're a circus. They're they are just monkeys, just flinging themselves around from from rope to rope, and they have no idea what they're doing because you, you know, like I said, you made a one eighty earlier, then you made a one eighty again to start the season, and I don't. It's mind like mind boggling. I know I've used that term in this this recording again, but it just I I don't know what to say. They're like they're all over the place. Byron, what did you think about no. oh Mitch, did you have more to say on it? it? Just just the one last thing is that nothing has changed. It's not like a vaccine was announced. Like like we're in talks of a vaccine, they're in different stages of testing 
Some reports say that we're going to have one in November. Some say January. Some are saying that's way too early. So we don't have anything concrete. If they came out and had a magical vaccine, okay, that makes sense why we are now starting the season because we have a cure for Corona, but we don't. So I don't know where they're getting their information and what's making them do all these flips. Byron, what did you think about on September 13th, you get that tweet saying presidents and chancellors are meeting to review the latest medical information from the Big Ten? Um, I, when I first saw it, I was like, well, I don't know what they're meeting about because Kevin Moore said, oh, there's not going to be any football this season. So I just thought, I don't know why they're meeting. Maybe they had some new testing supplies or maybe some new medical information. I don't know where they would get it from. Um, but I didn't think we were going to have football this season. I just thought it was over. There was a done deal. Like no one's going to budge. I know Kevin Warren wasn't budging. He was just being stubborn about the whole situation, hiding away from, you know, talking to people. So I didn't think we were going to have a season. So I was just like, oh, okay, they're having a meeting, whatever. I think with me, as like Mitch said, September 13th, we just got out of the opening night of the NFL. And it started off with the world champ, Kansas City Chiefs. And we're not playing, but the Chiefs have fans. They had 17,000 people in their stadium. And then also when college football started and you're watching it and you're just like, everyone else is playing right now except us. And SEC is going to start. and They started this weekend. Big 12 started the weekend before them. And we're just sitting here like, are we really not going to play? And half of me thinks when the Big 10 watched the NFL and college football and that whole weekend where no one died of COVID of that weekend who was playing football, they're like, oh, we're looking like real idiots because we thought everyone else was going to cancel. They did not. They're playing. And we're like, shoot. So then you go from the 13th to the 15th. Some Nebraska dude was on a hot mic saying the Big Ten was coming back. He doesn't even have a name. So I'm just like, who is this guy? He's not a coach. He's not a chancellor. He's not a president. He doesn't matter. But then the next day, September 16th, the Big Ten announced they're going to begin a season starting the weekend of October 23rd to 24th. I know a lot of people wanted the season to start October 10th or the 17th, but they decided October 23rd and 24th. So when we finally got the season back, Mitch, I'll start with you first. What did you think that, oh, are we back for real or is this a joke? I will believe it whenever I see it. And that that's that's just it, is that with with them going back and forth so often, I I just do not trust them until October twenty fourth and I see a kickoff and the first quarter of that game. Who I don't actually remember who it is now because like because the schedules are also changing and um, yeah once once I see it then I'll Maybe. believe it. I am I was like glad because my birthday is October twenty fifth, so at least that weekend I'll be able to enjoy a football game on my birthday weekend. But I was more excited when the first schedule came out and the Ohio State Michigan game was going to be on October twenty fourth and first game that. I'd ever be able to attend a high state Michigan game on my birthday, but that dream got shot. So <laughs> Which oh, well. I will answer your question on that. They kind of did us well. They didn't do us dirty, but now the first game is against Nebraska. So the two teams were like, Oh yeah, because Nebraska and Ohio state had the, the awesome Twitter exchange there with the scenes from Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how yes, we were yes, the yes. two bigger ones. I was fighting too. And so was, uh, the Michigan team fighting to get the season back, but we were the two biggest schools. So they're like, okay, Nebraska, you want to sue us? You want to do all this stuff? Well, you can take that first butt kicking from Ohio State, lose by 30, then tell us if you want the season back or not. By the- I got I to gotta ch- gotta check here real quick. And uh, Nebraska plays somebody else tough as their second game, too. It's not oh, just yeah. us. They screwed, they, uh, they screwed Nebraska for playing them. While you're checking that, Byron, what did you – think about when you saw the Big Ten was coming back for the 23rd and 24th? Oh, I was super excited. Because <laughs> like I said, I wanted to see Ohio State play from the get-go um, when we first had 
our season canceled. Um, so I was super excited. I was texting everyone. I know that football is back. The real season starts on the 24th, short eight game season. Um, so I was super excited. I mean, I do have a feeling that it may not go through just because of what Kevin Warren has done with his, this season to start with. But I am hopeful and excited that on October 24th at noon, I think we play Nebraska. I will be able to watch Ohio State football in 2020 because I didn't think I would for a good month and a half. Uh, to answer your question, Martin, Nebraska's second game is at home mm-hmm. versus Wisconsin. <laughs> you want to talk about taking like gut punches, play Ohio State at Columbus for game one, and then game two, you go home and decide that you have to play Wisconsin. So, uh, yeah, they get they got punished. <laughs> that's yeah, what that that's, one was. Man, good on them. But I think when it came back, I'm half with both of you. I'm on the mid side. It's like, yeah, I'm a believer when I see it when we actually play. And then with you, Byron, I was excited. But then when they first came out with their COVID rules, I was really skeptical because they were talking about like, oh, X amount of people on your team get it, your season's over. And if a player gets it, they have to sit out twenty one days when the C D C only says you need to do 14 days of quarantine. So with those rules, I was like, they're making the rules so tight that we're not going to get to play. But we're going to have to wait and see on that. And then when we reversed, everyone else just started reversing. We had two players come back. The Pac-12 just said they're playing in November. The MAC just came back. We have players who opted out in the Big Ten opting back in and to me what that was showing is that if all these other schools are reversing after we did that the big 10 holds such a imposing shadow on the rest of college football that we're probably the most important conference in the sport maybe tied with the sec i don't do you guys agree with that that like what we changed everyone else started changing like what do you guys think i do agree with that because after since so we were the per- first Power Five conference to cancel, then Pac-12 followed suit the same day. So I don't know if there was like talks between the president of the Pac-12 and Kevin Warren that they were going to cancel on the same day. But you kind of just saw that you know once the Big Ten made a decision, another conference made their decision. So when we came back, I mean, I was surprised that Pac-12 and Matt came back because I thought you know. They weren't going to follow suit, but like you said, that decision for us to come back and play football carried a lot of weight that Pac-12 said, okay, we'll come back too. And then Max said, well, I guess since everyone else is coming back, I guess we'll join the fun too. Mitch, what do you think? I think in terms of the, you know, the Power Five conferences, Big Ten and SEC have the most influences like amongst all the other um, conferences. I do believe that because the Big Ten has a relationship with Pac or yeah, the Pac twelve or yeah, I kind of lose track of these numbers because it used to be the Pac ten out of Pac twelve. But because like there's that relationship that's always existed between the Pac and the Big Ten through, you know, the Rose Bowl and scheduling, all that history. So when the Big Ten decided to make their decision, the Pac twelve then followed them. Now the SEC is kind of like the same size dog in the park as to like what Ohio State is. And I've always viewed the ACC as kind of being like the little brother to the SEC, especially whenever it comes to football. So when the SEC and especially like the ACC, because I think the ACC made the decision first, or at least announced it that they were going to play football, then you could see that their influences over there you know, their partners in crime that they had on there. So, yeah, Big Ten, uh, Pac-12 follows. Uh, SEC, though, I'm going to say is the bigger of the two brothers, the ACC there. Um, they say they're playing football. ACC is playing football. Big 12, they kind of just do their do their own thing there. So, yeah, I do agree that uh, when – and then when the Big Ten came back, it, it also affected then, you know, players were coming back. Uh, players who said that they were going to opt out decided that they wanted to opt in, and then we just get all kinds of football 
again, Big Ten has that influence on conferences and people. Right. And I think when it came back, to go on Byron's initial point when we started this thing, I think we cared more in Ohio, in Ohio, one, because it's Ohio State, and we don't have a national football team in Columbus, so this is kind of our national football team. And B, we had a team that – we have a team that could compete for a national championship this year, so that was another thing. And then C, I don't think this state could handle the last OSU game played would have been that Clemson game. I don't think the state could have handled that. No, no. But I hate Clemson. I can't I can't handle any game that doesn't end up as a W against Clemson. Which right. we've I don't think we've ever had a W against Clemson, so yeah, I hate them. But yeah, I I'm in agreement. I could not that was not the last game I wanted to see of this team. Yeah, that that would have hurt. I yeah, I agree. And then to bring up Clemson, since he brought him up. And then Davos Sweeney, what he said when we decided to come back and how he went, oh, well, I think we didn't need a Ohio State to come back because we would have won without the championship without them or whatever he said. I was like, really? You can't just congratulate us for coming back. You had to be so condescending. It just made me hate Davos Sweeney even more than I did. Well, Byron, what he said is that, oh, it's cool the Big Ten's back, but we really didn't need them because plenty of champions have come from other conferences outside that's what he said that's what he said which i guess the last the last national championship was us in 2014 so a big 10 team hasn't won the title since then but he was making it sound like he was a dominant forever like nick saban i mean byron i don't know if you remember but me and mitchell remember when clemson just used to be booty poo poo and then they finally got pieces together. Now they are what they are now. The first Clemson team that I ever remember being good is when they had Todd Boyd. And that was, what, 2013? Well, no, not 2013. It was way before that. He or was, was it 2013? Well, no, it, it, it might have been 2013 because that was the year – that was Urban Meyer's second and that was whenever Braxton Miller was our quarterback there before the playoff um, and and started, um, and we got we got beaten in that game. And that was whenever you know Braxton Miller had his rib injury, and the next season, then JT started, and you know we also went on to the uh, championship. Then if I do remember, but, also that year that we played Clemson before we went to the championship game the year after, Mitch. If I remember, that is the game where they had the biggest entrance of all time and they got smoked by Jameis Winston that year. If you remember that ABC game where they're coming down, touching the rock, and they're about to play Jameis on Saturday night and they got smoked. Yeah, that was that was the year because... Jameis and Florida State, they won that last BCS national championship before the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, but they 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 got they get charted from their locker rooms <laughs> onto the buses. ESPN has college game day there and they have all the cameras in the buses and they're rocking the F out. Mm-hmm. Like it is a hard heavy metal rock concert. And then they go running down that hill to the field. That's how their stadiums played. They touched that rock for good luck. And Jameis Winston and all of his crab legs <laughs> just rip them up, dip them in butter, and just eat them. And, and that's what he did. He just ate them up. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, then we go and lose to them later that later that freaking yeah, year. I, I, if there's anything I want in this season, it's a rematch with Clemson. That's all I want. We shouldn't should have lost to them. That's a whole that's a whole other conversation for another day. So currently we have the Big Ted back. They're practicing. They're gonna put the pads on soon. We have our eight game schedule or nine game. Byron, I'm gonna ask you first two questions. A, is the Big Ten gonna actually three questions. Is the Big Ten gonna start the season? First question. Is the Big Ten gonna end the season? And is Ohio State gonna make it into the playoff with this season schedule 
what the first to answer the first question i am optimistic that the big 10 will actually start on the 23rd or 24th whenever that first game is played i am optimistic that we will end if the players you know takes it seriously with the whole strict you can only have so many people get covid before your season is done basically so i think if we start if we're the players are serious and the coaches are serious and everyone on the staff is serious about we're playing college football to win a national championship i think the big 10 will end after the big 10 you know championship and i do think we will make it to the playoffs we have a i'm not gonna say a pretty easy eight game schedule um, there, you know, there are tough teams like Penn State and Michigan that we do have to play this year. But I think we possibly could go nine and zero, including the Big Ten championship. Um, so I think we, if the season does go, I think we will make it to the playoffs. Okay, uh, Mitch, the same three questions to you. So this is this, for everyone listening, okay? Let's say you're a betting man. This is what I need you to do, okay? Because this is what I need to do. You need to go and listen to oh, the oh, previous oh. episodes of the podcast, <laughs> and you need to listen to our producer, Justin, and how and he will teach you how to gamble, okay? And this is how you gamble, okay? Well, I ain't going to tell you how to gamble because that's all him, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to gamble on, and that is A, or one, I should say. Ohio State will start their season on October 24th. Uh, the second question, will they end it? Uh, yes, they will somehow end the regular season without any issues. To be honest with you, I think that might be just due to more politics, but I, I, I digress. And then will they get into the playoff? Looking at the schedule, I believe they will because I I would look at their schedule, Ohio State schedule, and say that their hardest games are at the very beginning, like their first set of hard games are at the very beginning, and then the middle of all of these games. Sorry, I apologize to fans of Rutgers, to Maryland, to Indiana, and to Illinois, especially Illinois, because you don't have Juice Williams anymore. Um, (laughs) I am not scared. Listen to us, you don't even know who that is. We're going to have to... Do a history of tough. Go look up. Go look up the greatest football season of all time, two thousand seven. Mitch, no, that, we're gonna have a whole podcast one day on that year. <laughs> if you think LSU getting their ass kicked tonight was rough, <laughs> you just just go go look at two thousand seventeen. And um, I think we may have lost Byron. Byron, you still with us? Oh, I think he dropped out. I think he may have, <laughs> but good thing we got his take. I'm going to finish up my okay. take here, though, real quick. Hopefully, we can get them back. But yeah, if you're Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, I, I, I don't, you're not going to make me lose any sleep. Um, on December 5th, though, we do have Michigan State. So I would hope that at the end of the year or at the end of the season, the Ohio State team can kind of recuperate because when you, when you deal with people who are, or teams that might be, like, like uh, not as good, and then you deal with like a big name team, you might like slip up. But I mean, there's four straight games where we're not really worried at all. So then I would hope that at the end of the year, they see their dreams of the playoffs coming to fruition, that they actually just buckle up, get serious, and beat Michigan State at Michigan State, and then beat Michigan at home. So then, is there going to be a conference championship, or is are they not doing conference championship? Do we know that? Yeah. One? I think. Go ahead. Bob. I think Bye. it's the week after we play Michigan will be the Big Ten championship. So whoever comes out of the East that would, and that whoever would be, comes out of the West. But that would be December nineteenth. Are we? Are, are they pushing too far back? I mean, Santa Claus <laughs> is about to be in town when we're in a championship game. That's, I think like, they are pushing it a little far back, but Mitch, you were just talking about 07. And just do remember in 2007, I, I don't want to get too into it because that, that is going to get its own episode. But we played Michigan November before Christmas, before Thanksgiving, the week before. And then we didn't play again until like after New Year's. 
So they can make it work if they wanted to. Yeah. I think me, I think we are going to play that first game. I think we're going to finish the season unless big names get COVID. So if Justin Fields is the first player who gets COVID, that's going to be a very bad sign. Yes. I think I think we are – if we get to play the full season, there's no way the committee is going to leave out an undefeated Ohio State team no matter how many games we played because, I mean, it is what it is. We bring in fans. We watch those crappy games against Indiana wholeheartedly. Like, we bring in fans who are a great team. The potential of rematches with Alabama or Clemson are too great to pass up. So I think we're going to go back. I think this year could be potentially easier than it would have been previous years because we would have going to Penn State, but they don't have the whiteout. So is that even going to be that big of a challenge? And the Michigan game before the COVID hit, remember Ryan Day said he wants to hang 100 on Michigan's ass. Because of that. So remember that Ryan Day, that was the last conference before COVID, I think, where he's like, Harbaugh's trying to say Day was breaking the rules. He's like, all right, we're going to hang 100 on your ass. So I, I think we can do it. It's just hopefully they're disciplined enough to follow all the rules. They need to all follow all the rules, or we just need to be the SEC. No matter what happens, we're playing football. So unless y'all die, we're playing. So. Hopefully that's not what we do, but <laughs> I think I think these college teams their their issue their issue really it's not the first stringers who you need to worry about it's not even the second stringers that you need to worry about you know it's the people who may never ever play a down that's on the practice squad who's just on the team because they got a scholarship you know they're the ones that you have to worry about because. They can go out and they'll go on the Lane Avenue and they'll go on the 14th and 12th and all of those college parties that are happening. They'll get COVID that way and then they potentially will spread it around. Those are the, those are the people that are going to F it up. Like, we'll never know it, but they're the ones that will get Justin Fields and whoever, whoever else COVID and then they'll ruin it. So, they, coaching staff, they better have everyone on like a tight schedule and have slumber parties every freaking night at the athletic center. And they better just not let, not let anyone make contact with the outside world until I'm looking at February just, just so that we can get through these games. But that's also not going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's crazy that all this has happened. And there's a lot of other things. Uh, the talk about how amateurism held this up. We already touched a little bit on how politics was playing into it. But I think going forward, the last thing, because we talked about at the beginning about the NCA, if there was one thing you would change or improve about the NCA, Byron, what would you want? Just to be consistent across the board, because as Mitch touched on earlier, the only time you ever like hear from the NCAA a is if they're handing out punishments. So like, why can we hear from you when you're handing out punishments, but not when you, the state of football is on the line or the state of fall athletics is on the line. So I think just for me, just a little more consistency and just a little more leadership and just be vocal in every, not everything, but be vocal when you need to be vocal. Don't just sit there and let every conference decide themselves if they're going to have fall athletics or not because some of these people like their future careers like depends on if they go into professional sports or not so to take that away from them like many of these people are seniors and just to take that last season away from them uh, it like for like individual conferences and just not like the NCAA just to step a foot in I just, like I said, I would just like to see more consistency on their part. Mitch, what about you? I just want them to be grown up. Like, like I just wish that on regarding other issues that we have, like, been, like, not discussing today, I wish they could look at their policies and revise them 
and kind of give themselves more of an identity, you know, with their communications, their handouts. Just, they're not like any professional conference, you know? They're not, they're not the NFL, the front office, they're not the NBA, they're not the NHL, MLB. It's like, they're just, they're just a group of people with a name tag that says NCAA on it and they think they have power. And when, when, I, when you need them to actually show that power, they, they, they just botch it. I mean, when was the last time the NCAA actually did something that you were like, Oh snap. What they give the death penalty to SMU. <laughs> like I wasn't even born. We weren't even thought of in our parents' minds. Like when that crap happened and that still resonates even to today to the point where ESPN does a 30, 30. So it's like, you, you, you just need to see more leadership from them. And it just seems like they may never have it. I think for me, the biggest thing going forward, and this is where all the sports, I think they need, if they're going to be the NCA, they need to branch down and have like commissioners of each sport. So like a commissioner of D1, well, of the Power Five conferences and have them have a board of people from a whole bunch of different uh, conferences. So when this stuff comes down, we have a more collective group decision than rather just it being the wild, wild west for your conference. Like, hey, we're going to play. We're going to get this TV money revenue. We're going to get paid. You're not going to play. You're probably going to lose football forever because you didn't play this year and you lost $80 million. So I think we need a more, we need a commissioner with a board from everyone. And this is for all sports going forward so that they make the decisions as a group so that people aren't just looking like idiots out there. That's just me. Actually, I like that a day a lot. Agreed. But that, that's really all I got. Do you guys have anything before we close? I will say... Oh, that... Okay, I will say this. Even though I, like... I'm not going to say I hate Michigan, but it's a pretty strong dislike for me. No, I, I hate Michigan. But I do respect them that they did step up and so did Nebraska. They stepped up to get college football back. So I just want to say that publicly. Fair. Fair. I think I wasn't surprised about Michigan. I was more surprised that Nebraska was the first, like, hey, if we don't get in, we're leaving. Or like, we'll leave. There are some other teams I was shocked they weren't really speaking out, like Penn State. Like, Penn State, you're a good team. Don't you want to have a chance to win the title or Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. But that could be more of a political thing, and I'm not going to really touch on that but thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the l7c podcast and us breaking down how the big 10 went from playing to not playing to playing we covered a lot of dates a lot of details our opinions on these things so we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us want to thank byron and mitch for being on the episode with me i greatly appreciate it i mean you guys already know who they are they're regulars on the podcast and i think mitch you're going to be back in what a week or two a couple weeks from now yeah we need to do another dragon ball uh podcast and maybe even start trying to branch out to uh other topics but yep definitely uh definitely need to make another yeah, appearance. So mitch is probably going to be on if not this friday coming up definitely early next week and byron you probably going to be on in these next couple weeks too right with things they're going on we'll find we, we always find the topic so we'll we'll find something i'll, I'll definitely be on again i love being on this podcast <laughs> and thank you all fans make sure you like rate comment subscribe we really love what we see what you guys are listening to the most because then that's what we focus the topics and we have such a big crew that it's easy to do this week be on the lookout for a wrestling one with our wrestling expert jacob mason Depending on how the conference finals end, our basketball expert Evan Debo is going to be back this week. And like we already said, Mitch and Byron will be following up. And if you haven't listened to the Justin Ackendale episode that just came out, you need to listen to that one. 
because it's a treat. I haven't listened to it yet, but I think Byron and Mitch have, and everyone who's listened to it has laughed hysterically, and they've enjoyed it. So definitely check that one out. It's wild. It's <laughs> wild. It's got to listen to it. I'm, I'm ready for episode two. Yeah, it's a good one. It needs to come out ASAP. <laughs> oh, man. that That's going to be a time when we have one that we're all on. That's going to be something else. Oh, I can't wait for that one. Oh, boy. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening to the L7C podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful evening and take care. Bye, guys. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.